I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me, buddy, me, Mr. Ryan Peacock. What's going on? Ah, well, it's been a great weekend, hasn't it? It's been a nice bit of weather here in the UK. I don't know about mm. that over in Ireland. Probably raining, to be honest, but it was warm been rain. lovely over here. The sun's been out. Warm rain. Warm wow, rain. that's new. It's yeah, you, you, you can only tell what season it is in Ireland by uh, the temperature of the rain. No, it was actually pretty nice over here as well. It's pretty sunny. I got a suntan on my face. I would have to say this, Dee. Every day as a Packers fan is a sunny day. <laughs> oh, that's perspective for you. It's like, you know, when you're like, oh, dudes, I am starving. And people go, well, there's people starving in Africa. Do you want to put it on the same parallel? No, it doesn't. I'm still hungry. I don't live my life comparatively. But yes, Ryan, life as a Packers fan is sweet come on it's mother's day what did you get her uh, i went well went with traditional route a couple flowers. of bunches of flowers yeah mm-hmm. different bits some things that she likes you know and Stand. then um she wanted some help uh um, so i've been around done that brother's gonna do the tiling so <laughs> what? there's plenty going on go away yeah. what come on what did you do so the bro's doing the tiling what did you do did you landscape the garden no i've helped uh sort out the garage the garage right. needed a good sorting out. A um, couple of bits doing in there. A couple mm. of bits repairing. So I've done that bit. I hate tiling. So my brother's going to do that. My other brother, uh, I don't really know what he did. Don't even know if he got a card. <laughs> There's always one, isn't there? There's always one bro yeah. kind of like, you know, doesn't really get involved. But uh, my bro is away foreign. So uh, and actually. So, what, he's, so your, your brother didn't even turn up? No. That's just, Terrible. it's poor, isn't it? I mean, you know, in fairness, he is in the Cayman Islands and he does have two very small children, but still, you know what is I mean? Is that where they put all the dodgy bank accounts, isn't it, over there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're and, not dodgy. You're, hang on. You're an accountant. Mm-hmm. Or you do funds. hedge funds or you do something like that, right? Yeah. You, you count things. Yeah. So, and then you've got a brother that lives where all the dodgy bank accounts are. And he's a funds solicitor. So he's a lawyer for hedge funds. You can imagine the conversation at Christmas time when we're all around the table is riveting. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, it sounds like wonderful fun. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about hedge fund structures, use it, yeah. regulations, don't, compliance. Don't feel the need to ever invite me. No. It's fine. People still, <laughs> no, but, yeah, I won't. But do, do you know what? People still don't exactly know what I do. I, I kind of feel sometimes like I'm Chandler Bing from Friends, you know? They go, what do you do? And I'm saying... Well, I'm a, ma- I'm a manager. Hold on. Uh, right, I'm a hedge fund. Ag- well, I'm a chartered account. No, hold on. I'm a hedge fund manager. No, I'm not a hedge fund manager. I'm a manager in hedge funds who's a chartered ag- accountant. Have and the you... minute they hear the word hedge, they just think I'm a landscaper. Yeah, yeah. And I think I guess more people would understand that. But have you ever heard of that saying about something about... Um, oh, brilliant. Drop my pen. Sorry <laughs> about that. Um, there's some sort of saying about uh, being, what is it, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. Is that, what, yeah. is that what you were getting at there? No, it's more that people just have absolutely <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. And in fact, my, my company name sounds like the word stationary. Stationary. Go with it. What is it? Are and, you allowed to say? No, I don't want to say, just in case I need no. a bot. I need a higher upper list. Is it one know. of those where it's like a name and name and, and name? I used to Do work you know for a name and name and name. Yeah, kind of like your man from okay. the NFL. You know, that they used to call, what did they call him? The law firm? What was his name again? 
Oh, something uh, green. Uh, and... Evan Dietrich Smith. No, it's not. It's his second name. He had a, like a triple barrel name, which over in Ireland, if you've more than one second name, you're usually, you know, fairly wealthy. But anyway, yeah, so it sounds like stationary, right? And I remember being at a wedding before and people say, where do you work? And I was like, on, I, like, I don't have to get into the fact that I'm a chartered accountant who works in hedge funds, but I'm not a, an accountant. I'm a manager also. So, I'm a, you know, so I'm, well, I'm not going to get into it. So just name my company and it should be well known enough that people know who it is. But she thought I said stationary. So she spent ten minutes trying to justify how a trade in stationery is a really it was a really good job. Like I'm sure, and she goes, "Whereabouts do you work?" And I said, "Well, I work in Carrick Mines in Dublin." And it's really weird, right? So my office is like a satellite office. This is really boring. But to the main office, so I'm in a place like that isn't the financial services center, but we are we're all moving in there. But anyway, so I was saying where I worked, but it's really a weird place because it's right on the mouth of a big sort of shopping complex. But there's offices right at the very front that no one knows exist because they just focus on the shopping center that has like KFC, McDonald's, all these places. So I said that, and she just thinks it's a shopping center, so she thinks that makes sense to her then that he definitely works in stationery. So she goes, oh yeah, sure. I'm sure like there's a few offices up there. I'm sure people need pens and, and pencils up around that area. And I'm kind of like, stop trying to justify my... It's like, you know, it's so patronizing. Imagine someone telling you that they're a bin man or something. You're like, yeah, well, you know, I, you know, we create a lot of rubbish in my household. You know, It's just like, shut your tits. Stop trying to patronize me about my job, please. I don't work Do in stationery. Do you know what? I have to say, it's probably a good thing we're not a live show here because right now our producer would be sat over there shouting and waving his arms, just going, just move yeah. on. Yeah. Move, <laughs> stop talking about pens yeah. and pencils. And, and what and what else did she say? I don't know. Post-it notes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, I needed, a, I needed a producer for that wedding because I just needed her to shut her face. But come here to yeah, me. Are you, you drinking? You needed was a hitman. Huh? I could have done with you there. I could have said, Ryan, and then, bro, like if, yeah, if I put down a load of money, can I hire you just to be like a, a goon just not to say anything just to I stand close by I, I, I was talking about this with a friend the other day when we were in the pub and actually I think I could quite easily kill somebody just move on life as normal <laughs> yeah I don't think it'd bother me psychologically it, honestly like if I thought that that person was a bad person and, mm. and, the, and the world was better off a bit like Dexter I don't know if you've watched that you know he's a serial killer but he only kills other bad people that need to be offed you know, mm. I'd love to do something like that. That'd be great. I think the the job satisfaction would be unreal. <laughs> the job satisfaction. You yeah, scare and me. I think sometimes that's what you've got to look at. Sometimes it's, can you go to work every Monday morning, can't wait to get out of the car and get through the door? And if you haven't got that, find something that you do enjoy. Like murdering people. If they deserve it, yeah, not a problem. You are the bailiff. Do you know what? You scare me. This total lack of empathy thing. Like you could be running kids over on a school run, and just it could be like running over a bag of crisps. You know what I mean? You just don't. No, you see, nothing. see, no. There's a code amongst killers. Like, I mean, amongst uh, so I've heard. <laughs> there's a code. Anyway, no, no women and children. This so. is all just the front. But come here. Should we get onto some uh, cold killers on the football field here on the gridiron? Are you are you drinking? Hold on. Are you drinking from a bottle of wine, or is that just a really large beer bottle? It looks like a bottle of wine straight from the neck. <laughs> No, it's uh, I've gone, I've gone a little bit off piste this evening with my drink selection. Go on, people always it like is, to hear. It is is a very very famous uh, English brew, I guess you call it, from up north near the border. Newcastle, Newcastle Ale? Brown Ale. There you yeah. go. Even I know about that. Don't mind it. Don't mind it one bit. That's I only, I tell you what, I only know them because uh, they sponsored the Newcastle jerseys back in the day. 
Yeah, they were some good-looking jerseys back then. But here, look, this is how I ended up on it. When we were at university, we used to go in this club, and it was a pretty terrible club, but it had about five different floors in Liverpool, right? Mm. And uh, I can't remember what it's called, and if any of you uh, scouse lads and lasses are listening... Uh, that shout, was out, shout out That's to Steve Hoare here. He probably yeah. knows. Uh, that was my best boss accent. Um, but it had about five floors, and like one was like uh, sort of all house music. Then you had some grunge music, mm. uh, some cheesy, and some eighties, and like everything in one place. But they used to do cans of Nuki Brown. Cans. Nuki Brown. Ooh. Cans in a club. Cans of Nuki Brown for a pound. Oh. And you just Jeez. get smashed up all night and that, and, that, and then yeah, so got the flavour. Nice. But yeah, let's let's probably talk more Packers before I offend the whole of Liverpool with my terrible Liverpool accent. Yeah. No, but you know what? Before we move on, that reminds me of a really funny story because they're like, Nuke, that that's cheap, right? A quid is cheap. The equivalent of that over here is Dutch gold. You know, it's really cheap. And I remember I was on the tram in Dublin, and some guy went into a convenience store and stole a six pack of Dutch gold. I mean, it's the cheapest <laughs> beer he could get. Like, if you're going to steal it, steal something nice. You know what I mean? Come out yeah, with some Heineken get, or like a crate of yeah, cards. Yeah, get a Heineken, yeah. You know? But no, he actually stole Dutch gold. I don't know. It's an acquired taste. If he lives under a bridge, maybe he just, you know. I, I guess I guess the problem is, though, because if that's his taste mm. and then he goes one day and he steals something like a Heineken, he gets that taste of something better. <laughs> then suddenly the psychology of that person, he, he's always now going to be gunning for something better and it's going to get more and more, the crimes are going to get more and more heinous. You mm. suddenly, you know, you've got a bad man and then I'll have to kill him. <laughs> and his dog, you know, the raggedy ass dog. Not his dog, not his dog, there's a code. Oh, there's right. a code, don't so, do animals. So you'd leave his dog starved to death. No, I would, drop his, I would drop his dog off at the local RSPCA centre and make sure there was uh, at least £10 to buy him some doggy treats. Where it would be swiftly put down. But come on, Rhino, we've, we've been making uh, moves here on the uh, free agency again. Ted Thompson is uh, scaring people. We have... Well, I, I, this is... What, how do you feel about this? And I'd like to know kind of what the, the listeners think. So when you listen to this, let us know, right? Please mm. interact with us. Tell us what you think. Because we're generally quite quiet. We might make one or two moves and after time, one or two of those moves we make, you know, in the past we made a couple of moves and they both got cut before the season started. So how does everyone feel about this? I mean, I'm excited. We we are bringing plenty of people in. Yeah. Are we not? Yeah. And it's, do you know what, Ryan, it is, to me, it's a complete deviation than what we're used to and I was kind of thinking about it and, you know, how to, to, you know, trying to formulate my thoughts on the whole thing. And it, it's all starting to come together, I think. And here's my theory on it, right? Is that first off, uh, with the concussion issues that we had last season, um, with one player being out and then our complete secondary disintegrate. And I think it's, you know, where one experienced player goes down, I think the impact can be far bigger than someone imagine. So if you look at the San Diego or now the LA Chargers, you know, yeah. their whole team gets decimated all the time. They're a fantastic team, probably a playoff-worthy team. But they get decimated with injuries all the time. and You know, they just get waxed. And that's kind of the same as what was happening with the Packers on the O-line for so long, where Aaron Rodgers yeah. was spending most of his time on his back, you know. And they kind of realized, okay, one player goes down if they shift the line around, which is what they did. And in fairness, and, and something that I like to clear up as well, like I know we joked about uh, Don Barkley and all this type of stuff. And his grading alone will tell you. The guy hasn't had a good time. However, um, I would at this stage like to get this kind of, I would at this stage like to get behind the guy. I would at this stage like to support the guy. Maybe is a better phrase. Um, and just see because 
there has been a lot of talk and I don't know whether it's just press waffle to say you know he's been played at a position you know let's give the guy a chance when he knows what position he's going to be playing in and whether he actually makes it on as a start who knows but anyway I digress so I think the Packers are seeing now in a way right now and let me know if you agree or disagree Latroy Guyon suspended for uh, four games for four games yeah. yeah substance abuse so that that's why they've brought on Ricky Jean Francois which it's is a great name it's great yeah it's along the lines of Russell de Carteret, which is actually the Carteret you had him eating a chocolat with Johnny Depp. No, I think I'm. St- I still think I'm right. If if Russell doesn't know how to pronounce his own name, that's not my problem. Yeah, it's his fault. Um, We've seen that in America but, with Irish names, right? When they go O'Shag Hennessy, and you're like, Shocknessy, but fine. But yeah, like, do we not? Are we not seeing an element of that here? I have another kind of theory that's probably going theory that's going hand in hand here. Another theory. Is that yeah? Just just some random Irish just words. Random so. Irish words, yeah. To to get the uh, to get the people listening, is that the off season preparations that the Packers have been putting in that started on February thirteenth, right? They don't get much of a rest. Is what Mike McCarthy and it, there's been more articles about it on ESPN and Rob Domofsky, and what they've been saying is is that what McCarthy wanted to do was, and it's surprising that kind of that they haven't done this before, but this is the biggest sort of study that they've done. He gave the defense and the offense and. Um, undoubtedly the special teams a project mm-hmm. to study study each other so what he wanted to do was he said lads go in get all 19 games and study them now he said that you know they had this thing called across the hall where you know there was this lovely little anecdote where if you if you go down the aisle of you know the Packers at Lambo where the coaches are you'll find one coach in a different coach's room and all this yak right but what he's saying is that they always had that across the hall, but this was going to be a more formal process. So they wanted the offense to dissect and attack Dom Capers' defense as if they were preparing to play them and vice versa. And he said that it was the most worthwhile experience um, and the best process that they've ever done since he's been there. Now, for a coach with such a high football IQ uh, who's been so successful, I mean, let's face it, he, told, he had to tell us uh, last season just how successful he was, uh, is that I think this has maybe broken open, Ryan, some... Something in the Packers where us as fans, we go, obviously, defensive secondary, that's where we need an upgrade. But I think the Packers are sneakily going ahead and looking at certain needs, seeing the fact that, you know, uh, Sam Shields mm-hmm. goes down, the whole secondary disintegrates, let's plug someone else in there. Ricky Jean-Francois, I'm going to say like that each time, is a defensive tackle. They say he's going to come in for Latroy Guyon, but more importantly about him is, is that he's a he's an experienced guy he's a vocal guy that we've yeah. lost in Julius Peppers now Julius Peppers was quiet but he was a leader in the locker room because of his experience and I think Ricky Jean Francois is going to come in and give that type I'm just going to call him Ricky because that's annoying uh, I think he's going to come in Ryan and fill in that sort of experience role so I think that detailed study also was maybe the reason why uh, that they felt they could let you know TJ go without causing too much of a hullabaloo and hidden against the cap too much would you agree with any of that or do you have any sort of you know do you have any well, theories look, yourself this is where I'm at with this one it's it's a, again it's a low risk it's a, it's a one year deal uh, kind of like approve it and go out there and play uh, he'll be I think 31 nearly 32 maybe when, when his deal's up with the Packers yeah He's going to have to have a big year this year hmm. to get another contract. If he doesn't have a big year this year, then it's probably the end of his football career. So he's playing for something, not necessarily. And look, hey, this is American sports, okay? Yes, 
players play for the team they play for, they also play for themselves. Okay, we just accept that. Move on. Yeah. Okay, he's got something to prove to everybody else and to every GM possibly next season, or to the Packers themselves who may offer him another one. So that's a good situation for us. We got a player that's coming in. You quite rightly mentioned uh, Latroy Guyon out for the first four games. Kenny Clark's on the roster as well, who began into his second year. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we would expect to see more of him going into next year. Mm. But this guy, uh, Ricky Jean Francois, could actually come in and be a starter and probably will be the starter through those first four games. Um, he also, by bringing him in, I think nicely takes off one of the needs in uh, the draft, which is good. Mm. Um, and uh, I've written a note down here. He gives us the ability to be big, naughty, and nasty up front, which can only mean uh, can only mean good things for our secondary. Yeah. Okay, and we've said it quite often last year. We everybody focuses on the secondary because that's essentially where the receptions were happening, it's where the blown coverages were happening, but we were not getting enough pressure on the quarterback, so he had all day to pick us apart. Need to get bigger and nastier up front. We know Mike Daniels is nasty. Um, Dayton Jones, unfortunately wasn't nasty enough it's why he's gone um you know ricky jean francois helps add to that group and i think it's a nice move and it's a fairly cheap move as well uh, i think are reported by adam Schefter at th- three million for the one day for one year so there's not really a lot to dislike about this no it's not the long-term option but they rarely are when you pick up a 30 year old free agent um but it's definitely somebody if you're if you're starting to think now along the lines of a of a win now mentality, mm. because we don't want to waste Aaron Rodgers this year, these are the types of players you pick up on the short contracts. Yeah, I mean, I said it last, I think it was last week or the week before or whatever. Just saying, you know, Bill Belichick. There's a lot said about his coaching and that he's the best coach, but that's not really the case. He's the best team builder. So he brings in players on these one year deals, which are more prevalent now in the NFL because they benefit the player. They can benefit the team. The player comes in, gets his cash, um, you know, can gets a chance to prove himself, keeps the players more motivated because we often see when a player gets a, a big money contract, uh, all eyes on Nick Perry is what's going to happen then for the you know going forward but yeah three million uh, he was valued at four million he, he would have hit up against the salary cap in washington which was the reason why he was let go because i think with an awful lot of these players uh when they're let go you have to look at why they were let go so with devon house because we've seen it around right so we are upgrading our defense and, we're, and you, you were so right to bring up the fact that the problem was we weren't getting enough pressure up front which meant that the defensive backs we're going to have to work an awful lot harder and they just weren't up to the task and then there was all this stuff about the fact that they were carrying knocks and injuries uh, some of them were knocked out completely so yeah it's going to put an awful lot of pressure on your secondary so yeah get the pressure up front and that means that it relieves the pressure on your secondary and we have Devon House back there now and looking at why because I always think that's important why is this player released and what's also going to give TT orgasms is the fact that both Devon House and Ricky uh, were let go by their teams and released, which means they're not going to count against a, a compensatory pick, which is great mm-hmm. as well because we know TT likes to collect those. So I think it's a really good move by the Packers in the sense that uh, we cover an immediate need. Like you said, um, you know, Kenny Clark is there. Dean Lowry is also there. Um, and we've seen him get a few sacks last season as well uh julius pepper is gone so this guy's gonna add sort of something vocal he's been around a while so he spent two years with the colts and then he went on spent four years with the 49ers um 
they I think he was actually maybe with the 49ers first they drafted him and then he went on to the Colts and then he went on to Washington I think for maybe two years and they let him go um so I you know I typed his name in to see was he up to that much saw some crazy good celebrations after he got a few sacks but his numbers wouldn't really blow you away so in 109 games uh 36 of those starts uh he's had 12 sacks one forced fumble and 164 tackles now I've seen conflicting stuff on this as well Ryan people saying uh, apparently he's a really good run stuffer um which is something that is is going to be good for us and i've seen articles then on espn saying oh well he's you know he's run stuff and wouldn't be great but at least he's his pass you know and i'm sort of thinking well, what is it is he good against the run good against the pass but apparently it's good against the run so if he shores up that run on the inside um well then you know what are we looking at here is, is clay gonna stay on the outside who knows who knows who knows so who was our other sign in was it the one that we've been saying we should definitely sign this guy? Yeah, I like that. You jumped on that straight away and the group accountability was signed. You're like, we told you this is all we wanted because <laughs> yeah. we were speaking about this guy all the time. Uh, and it's Mother's Day, so why not talk about the guy with a lady's name? Christine Michael. So Kristen Michael. Do you know what? I got? I love Kirk, Kirk Kozad. He's a, he's a ledge. And he was giving me drip on Twitter about uh, my pronunciation. And that's weird because usually you get the stick about that. He was saying that I was pronouncing uh, Blake Martinez's name wrong. It's Martinez. It's always been Martinez, bro. Yeah. Do you not watch baseball? No. So you need to start watching baseball for your Spanish names pronunciation and then you'll, you'll pick it all up. You'll be fine. But is, do you know what, though? Is that the Spaniard? Is that the way the Spaniards say their names? Is it not Blake Martinez? Is it, not the, is it Martinez or Martinez? Uh, look bro i don't know you just there's quite a lot of the world speaks some sort of spanish so uh, just be careful with your accents um <laughs> i don't know it's martinez for me and obviously if kurt Co- if kurt kozad says i'm right yeah which he basically has said because he said you're wrong yeah, yeah. so kurt would know you, you have to trust kurt Oh, in yeah. Kurt we trust yeah that's that's our new logo it's our next T actually uh, that we're going to be bringing out <laughs> in Kurt we trust yeah picture of Kurt with his fireman's hat on in Kurt yeah. we trust but yeah Rhino you like this move as well right because again like you said earlier with the whole uh, Ricky signing it takes away that need in the draft Devon House doesn't take away like look it doesn't take away the full need in the draft but it certainly plugs it that if if we fell down on the board in a certain way because all these mock drafts you don't know what's going to happen so if it falls in a certain way and we don't yeah. get the player we want, at least we have some sort of a stopgap there. But Kristen Michael, you're as impressed as I am. Should I tell you what else? Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely impressed. But I'll tell you one other thing that really helps with. When you get to the draft and you want to pick the best player available, mm. you can't do that if you've got an absolute throbbing need. Yeah. Yeah? So if if you go into the draft and you absolutely must have a running back and you must have a high-quality running back because not only must you have a running back, but it must be a starting running back. Mm. and you don't have anybody that can perform that role on your team as it stands, yeah. then you're kind of stuck for who you must go for, and you might start reaching or you might start having to trade up to get things that, that you absolutely must need. What the Packers are doing is essentially trying to make sure that all of their needs are addressed for either existing players um, or free agency additions, whether that be re-signing Packers that were on the team last year or re-signing new Packers to contracts. But what it means is when they get to the draft, for the most part, they're going to be able to be quite fluid. They'll know what they still need to fill out the roster, but they, they, they hopefully will be in a position where it doesn't have to be the first round. We must have the very best whatever we can get. We must then have the very best 
you know, middle linebacker and then the best running back. And then, do you know what I mean? It gives you more freedom to play around in the draft and take whatever happens to be the best player on the board at that time. So I think the signings at the moment, they may not blow everybody away. There will still be the negative uh, the negative people out there that, that don't like it. Um, you know, these are the types of signings that help fill out a roster and give us the flexibility come the draft. Yeah, and I mean, Ryan, how can people argue the guy is getting 800 grand uh, and that only includes a, a 25 grand signing bonus, which is insane. And if they decide to cut him at the start of the season, if we do uh, add people, well, then his, his tiny signing bonus of 25k is yeah, is insane, you know? It's really low risk. Again, you've got a guy, I think, is he 26? That's off the top of my head. I may be wrong. Uh, um, I think he is, yeah, 26, 27, yeah. Okay, so he's he's at an age where he could still have plenty of yards in front of him. He's still got plenty to learn. Since coming into the NFL, he's sort of been a bit part, and he's bounced about a bit from here and there, even spent some time on a practice squad before ending up uh, off some other place and then back on the team in Seattle. Um, you know, he's played backups mainly, apart from that, that last season at the start of that year when Rawls was injured and then they inexplicably cut him and we were lucky enough to get him. So there's not many miles on his tyres. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a guy here that's probably got the best in front of him still. At times he's shown glimpses of being, you know, an exciting um, an exciting runner that could really have all the skills to, to, to be a, a top piece in our offence. Um, there's a chance as well, and I keep saying this, a lot of people, they want to be negative around Michael because they say, oh, yeah, but there were times last season he didn't seem to know the play. Or there were times last season he didn't seem to pick up the correct uh, pass protection. Mm. This is what happens when you don't get a full preseason of work with a team and you're coming into the team halfway through the year and everybody already knows the playbook and you're playing catch-up. And then when you're in training and you're doing the reps, you're maybe not the starter, so you're not getting all the reps you need. And not only that, but the team isn't working on all those things every single day because they've already, you know, the rest of the team already knows it. It's kind of up to you to catch up. So things are against you when you join a team halfway through, you know, and I think of another one as well, like the linebacker trip that joined us. There's no reason with that guy when he's got another full preseason of work behind him and learn at the same time and the same speed as the rest of the team that he can't be an even more effective player. Hmm. So be excited about this. It's cheap. It's fairly risk-free. Um, again, it's it's the, he and Montgomery now provide uh, a decent backfield that hopefully we'll add to in the draft. But it means now we we don't have to take a running back high high priority. We can maybe wait and see who falls, and and, and you know we can be a bit more flexible with it. So it's a really nice move for a number of reasons, and I think actually he could be a really effective running back next year. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for being a seasoned running back. If you're a running back and you've been in the league a couple of years, you're doing really well because one, a running back will get injured and second off, an awful of these lads, if they can't get the playbook, they get turfed out. Now that's one of the things that's been levelled against them everywhere he's actually been is they said that it does take him time uh, you know, to get on top of that playbook. But he was the leading rusher for the Seahawks last season and it was the first time I think in NFL history that a leading runner for one team faced that same team in the same season uh, it's kind of the same as what happened to Brock Osweiler it's the first time that a quarterback who was leading the conference uh, with his, or the division with his team ended up getting benched and he got benched twice there's some weird stuff happening last season if you look at what he's done in Green Bay so far 114 yards one touchdown 31 carries 
it looks small and it looks ridiculous, but the thing about it is that they didn't really use him. I remember, you know, watching some games after we picked him up and I was thinking, this guy is plug and play. Bring him in, you know, hand him the ball and simply design runs. Don't try overcomplicate stuff because he's a really aggressive one-cut style runner. And when I saw some of his running, now the highlight of that, and if you take into the fact that it's 114 yards and 42 of those, I think, came in one of the Bears games or D Bears games when he when he when he joined. You know, it doesn't sort of spark up the world. But this guy is an aggressive runner. He's different to Ty Montgomery. And I'm excited about him and he's cheap. And like you said, it does stop us overreaching in the draft. And we will probably have some sort of a, you know, draft prep mock draft podcast later on. Um so we probably won't get into it now. But Rhino, I think it's nearly time, buddy, to get into the uh clown of the week. <laughs> Right, so, Ryan, I'm going to leave this one up to you because you said that you've an absolute clanger for this one. I, I, well, I feel I do, yeah, and I hope others will agree with me um, and, and we'll see what you think of it. Uh, but I have to say, I have to give this one and props to our new tight end, Martellus Bennett. Um, and there was a few people, obviously, tweeting about it during the week, but uh, Martellus Bennett brought it to our attention. Um, and I think you wanted to talk about Martellus Bennett's tweets He's only been with the team what, a week or so and he's already making waves on social media. But essentially, my nomination for Clown of the Week is Vice President of Football Operations, whatever the hell that job is, Something uh, Troy paid. Vincent. Oh, yeah. Troy Vincent. So he is our Clown of the Week. Um, and Martellus Bennett, I think, uh, explains it beautifully in a tweet, which I think you have in front of you there. So I'll let you read it out. Yeah, he's loads, which is really weird because the Packers like to get Packers people and then we kind of seen that, you know, lads who don't sound off on Twitter. But Jesus, this guy's uh, going all out on one. We knew it though. Like when he signed, we were saying that he was ripping people's helmets off. So some of his tweets that he has here, he says, yeah, an educational training video on celebrations. Spend that money on something else, like a video on investments or something like that. And he's, he goes on, let the players express the individuality and creativity. Y'all going to make an educational video on how we should talk next? An educational video on appropriate celebrations, not signing up for that class. He goes on, Rhino. See, the NFL promotes logos and, and not the players. The NBA promotes its players. There's a big difference there. NFL knows players won't be around long, so they invest all resources into building team logos and longevity, and that's the constant variable. And he goes on and on. Uh, not happy with it. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing to note is obviously, yeah, the players will always see it from the players' point of view. The franchises will always see it from their point of view and the league will always see it from their point of view. And guess what? It all comes together every year, probably via some major arguments and negotiations, but it all comes together to create the game we love. So they will all have their opinions. But actually, this one, Martellus Bennett has a great point. The NFL, one thing that has long annoyed me with it has been... I mean, people call it the no fun league. That's that's not me making that up. That that's obviously you know people have said that for a long, long time. So I'm not pinching that, but it has been referred to as the no fun league. Um, and as uh, many of you all know, obviously they've started to fine players for excessive celebration, or they've uh, and I think along with that comes a 15 yard penalty on kickoff. Okay, so or if on kickoff, if it's a touchdown celebration, obviously sack dances can also be. Um, uh, it could be pulled up in this way or interception celebration, anything. So there's a number of different ways, but I think it's a 15-yard penalty for an excessive celebration and generally you get fined as well. So, you know, I think we need to work out the difference here. Uh, gesturing towards somebody, uh, for example, I've seen 
I mean, this one's difficult for me. What do you think of the sack celebration when I can't think of the player, but he used to do sort of like the cutthroat, like the Undertaker mm. wrestler type, type of cutthroat? I mean, yeah, it's menacing. But does anybody truly believe that what he means by that is I'm actually going to cut your throat? I mean, is, is it not just a menacing celebration? His yeah. job is to destroy whatever's in front of him. And then we go, oh, but don't say it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's so, a bit ridiculous you can drive someone into the ground and you can violently rip them apart on the field, but you can't do a menacing sign after. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. a bit ridiculous. I mean, another one that gets pulled up that I think maybe is, is definitely a matter of opinion is the crotch grab, if yeah. you like, or the crotch thrusting. And the one reason for that is obviously, you know, it's a family uh, it's a family sport in terms of its viewership. And, and I get, you know, women and children you know, maybe we don't want to see that type of behaviour. But again, oh, I don't know, matter of opinion. Unless it's Michael Jackson. He got away with it. Yeah. Well, there's a, yeah, there's a lot he got away with. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So this whole this whole celebration thing for me seems ridiculous anyway that it's, that it's there, right? And then now we're going to make a video telling somebody how they can se- celebrate mm. properly or or. or when you say probably in accordance with what the rule the, the league thinks is acceptable so i don't know what that is i don't know if the, the the guys are meant to all shake hands with each other in the end zone but of course you couldn't do that because that would be celebrating with a teammate um the guys that score touchdowns and hand the balls to fans in the crowd i think they get fined do they uh yeah, I'm pretty sure that Cam Newton was getting fined every time he gave his gave one of the balls to kids. I don't know if that's 100, percent but I heard that. I'm sure I read that somewhere that that was true. You know what's bad? Okay. You know what I heard, right? Sorry to cut your train of thought. Well, there's two things really. One is remember when he scored a touchdown against us and Julius Peppers wouldn't let him have the ball and kept throwing it away from him. Yeah, threw it away. Yeah, it's yeah. bad, right? The story behind that was a little kid was meant to go with his father. Uh, his father promised him that he'd bring him to a Panthers game, but his father passed away from cancer, and the kid ended up being able to go to the game and cam knew that he was in the end zone so he was going to try give the ball to that little kid and obviously julius peppers didn't know but he was throwing the ball away but you know what's ridiculous about the celebration thing and sorry i don't know if you have this but i just found it hilarious is last season when the snow was down and randall cobb did the snow angel which is brilliant he he didn't get flagged for it but there was another game on the same time i think it was uh, i don't know where it was new york maybe patriots was it Uh, was it yeah and and someone was doing uh, snow angel and he got fined for it so i was like well here we go here we go right so i've got i've put together a little competition okay for you so i'm going to read out some celebrations okay and i have 10 celebrations here of different nature okay right and first off have a think if any of these you think there's only one in here, sorry. I'll, I'll start properly, right? So there's one of these 10 celebrations which did not get fined or a flag against it, okay? And at the end, I'll get you to work out which one it is. Okay. But at any point, if any of these you think are so ridiculous, remember these have been fined and potentially flagged as well, mm. but they've been at least one, okay? So if I just start here, Antonio Brown twerking in the end zone. Oh, yeah, he got done. That's a fine. Wes, Wes Welker doing a snow angel which I think is the one you're talking about. Okay. Terrell Owens pulling a Sharpie out of his sock and signing the football and handing it to his financial advisor. That was deadly. Ocho Cinco putting on the Hall of Fame jersey <laughs> with uh, the numbers on the back, Hall of Fame 2-0 question, question mark. Um, brilliant. Uh, this, one's, this one's a personal favourite. Trey Turner... If you haven't, if you're all going, who's Trey Turner? He's an he's an offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers. Was <laughs> jumping up and down on the spot. <laughs> what? 
Yeah. Josh Norman uh, pretending oh, to fire bow a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. OBJ of the New York Giants posturing mm. as if he was taking a photo of Victor Cruz as he did the salsa dance. Um, Jarek McKinnon with a crotch grab. Okay. Vernon Davis with a jump shot over the posts. Um, and then Winfield of the Vikings, the cornerback, jumping at the goalpost and sliding down it as if it were a fireman's pole. Oh, that was amazing. So out of those, which ones would you say were offensive or out of order? Well, do you know what? No, with the NFL, I know someone else definitely got done. I know the bow and arrow one got done because I think he was trying different weapons throughout the season and he thought he'd settle on a bow and arrow and see if it would get him fined. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so I think he got done for that, and I think his defense was is that he ran to the sideline and did it, and he didn't think the official saw him, but he did, so he did him for it. Do you know what? As ridiculous as it is, the Ocho Cinco and Tio, I think those celebrations were probably back in the day before the big fines. Were they? Uh, yeah. So, okay, so Ocho Cinco got fined thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Roughly, but yeah, you're right. Terrell Owens. It probably was a bit before then. Didn't get done for signing a football with a Sharpie that he had in his sock. And I know it was a bit older and it probably was before it, but I loved it so much I had to read it out. Yeah. But look, doing a snow angel, worthy of a fine? No, hilarious. Twerking in the end zone, a fine, really? No, hold on. Twerking in general in life should get you a fine, so I'm happy with that one. Okay, I'm I'm pro-twerking, steers... Anti-twerking. This is what's where we the, all fall the, Anti-twerking. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a, this, as if that's a real word. Let me get Trey, my Oxford dictionary. Trey Turner. Mm. I've watched the video of it because I, I couldn't work it out, so I found the video of it. Jumps up and down on the spot four or five times. That's it. Angry. No arms waving. He's he's close to an opposition player, mm. but there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> bad about it right i just don't get it you know obj taking a photo of victor cruz mm. you know vernon davis using the goalpost as a basketball hoop you know oh come on yeah. this is where the nfl falls down when they're going to start finding stuff like this um but we're going to let the likes of the oklahoma ex-oklahoma running back joe mixon enter the league as a running back after breaking some bird's jaw you know this is where we fall down nfl this is why Sometimes it's just pure head scratches, and I, I just don't understand some of the things. So, if you're happy with it, I would like to enter Troy Vincent into our Clown of the Week Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. The, the only thing I will say is, is a few years ago, did Jimmy Graham not slam dunk the post and it, and it did, put it sideways? Yeah. And he so they had fight. to stall the game for like half an hour while they tried to fix the post from him turning it sideways. <laughs> Honestly, look it up. I think it was him. I think it was something that he did it. And Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham got fined for dunking a ball. I know that much. I didn't realize he damaged the post. Yeah, so he used to do it all the time, and it was fine. But I think, and actually, was it was who did you say jumped on him and slid down like a fireman's ball? I thought that was Antonio Brown. Uh, I thought he did Antoine that as well. Antoine Winfield. Is, yeah. I think I'm sure he's. I haven't written his first name down, but I'm sure it was Antoine Winfield. But if not, it's Winfield, the cornerback for the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. jumped on the middle of the post and slid down it. Uh, whoever did that because Antonio Brown did it second maybe and it like then you know you're a fool if the first guy gets fined and you do it again but uh, why get fined I don't understand it yeah it's kind of funny it's crap but, it's because uh, obviously Goodell and the rest of the guys need uh, need need the money for their Christmas party or something so 
Yeah, it's like when the guards, the police over here, anytime it comes up to Christmas, you see the speed cameras out and they're trying to catch you in speed traps, shooting yeah. fish in a barrel, you know. But come here to me. I agree with that and I like it, but let me uh, let me counter-offer with Clown of the Week. Oh, okay. The Chicago Bears, right? Now, on any given day, the Chicago <laughs> Bears could enter in. and I'm not just going to leave it there. <laughs> of the week. Of the week. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so every week, you know, any week that we're kind of dry for Clown of the Week, we just pick the Bears. But come here, they signed Mr. Buffumble, Mark Sanchez, as a backup quarterback, which is kind of ridiculous, yeah. right? Um, if you look at his career stats and the way he's bounced <laughs> around the league and that whole weird experiment in New York when they had him and Tim Tebow and all this. And then, look, just watch the video. Of Mark, just type in Mark, Mark Sanchez scared, and it's where they line him up as a wide receiver. And uh, the oh, quarterback yeah, yeah. goes to jam him, and he nearly shits himself. I thought that was brilliant. Um, so they sign yeah. him. Is he ever going to be a viable second option right now ever the th- look the thing with mark sanchez is his days has been a genuine number one starter are probably gone unless he has the chance to prove it and he comes back and does something different so since leaving new york he hasn't really had the chance to prove it as a number one has he mm. um he was when was he last in dallas was it backing yeah. up yep um your man number four <laughs> I forgot his name. Dak, you forgot him when he's smoking. Yeah, Dak. Dak attack. Yeah. So, well, you know, when when you do absolutely destroy the Cowboys in the playoffs, then no, no one can remember who their starting quarterback is. Anyway, um, but look, he he had a chance to do it a number of places after New York, but he was only really back. So he gets another chance now. More than likely, they're probably penciling him in to be in the backup slot again. Um, but obviously, he'll be cha- he'll be challenging against Mark Lennon. Hmm. Uh, I, th- I think that's correct, isn't it? Glennon. Glennon. Um, you know, and then you're probably looking at maybe a draft guy. But you would have to think if they've just spent the amount of money they did on Glennon, which is crazy. Uh, I don't have the numbers, but I believe because you are the stats guy, you've probably got them. Oh, um, yeah. Stats guy for I'm Glennon. on the spot now, haven't I? Uh, Glennon. Yeah, so the money he's yeah. being paid is crazy. 45 million over three years, which is 18.5 million a year. Yeah. So look, that money's crazy. Sanchez is going to be on backup money, I guess, being expected to push Glenn. And then you probably get a, a middle to late round type quarterback coming through the draft, I would guess. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bears are never going to learn, are they? No. The thing is, Ryan, like this guy has 18 career starts, Glennon. And this was the guy who caused all the controversy, by the way, was when uh, on Jason Wild, not really Wild, he was on Jason Wild's show and Aaron Rodgers was and they asked him oh if he does get paid crazy money does that mean that they should up your deal and he was Aaron Rodgers I'm not I'm not gonna because I don't have the exact quote so I'm not gonna repeat it to stoke the fire but then they were like oh Aaron Rodgers comes out and says because of Mike Lennon's contract he's gonna try and negotiate his own and all this lark you yeah. know like the thing is Glennon is 5-13 and 13 as a starter in those 18 starts he's getting paid 18.5 million a year which is insane He's got a 30 to 15 career touchdown to interception ratio. His completion percentage is 59.4. Now, 60% is seen as the benchmark for just an average quarterback in the league. So, to give you a sort of, you know, where he sits in the in the, this quarterback class, is he has the same career completion percentage as Matt Barkley, Trevor Simeon, who's just been in the league, and Robert Griffin III, who might not have a, a job in the NFL anymore because he's so goddamn yeah. awful. He is terrible. If you fared at the Browns, you're pretty much done. But look, the thing with 
the, the the Bears originally, I would have thought that once they decided to let Cutler go, they had a high draft pick. I thought they'd be taking, you know, high on their priority number, their number one pick, they'd be looking to take a quarterback, whoever that may be. Um, but as soon as they signed Glennon, really, I was thinking, well, I can't imagine they're going to do that now. Yeah. Because if they signed a high draft pick uh, on a quarterback, then they're going to be paying big money. They're paying big money to Glennon. Um, you know, it... It's a mess. They brought somebody in that's got no real proven caliber, have they? Unless I'm missing something. Was he on some terrible teams, or you know, you'd at least expect him to flash something somewhere. Um, it's a real strange one, but you know, good, good on you, Bears. You, you're doing a great job. Yeah, it's the same thing that's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. He came in and, and took over from Tom Brady, and people like the look of him, and they're saying stuff like. You know, they look at him as kind of the Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre, that he's going to step into the Patriots, take over. Tom's going to ride off into the sunset naked on a horse. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's going to take over and he's going to be just as good. But what people fail to see is, is that, A, Bill Belichick is the best team builder, so he puts weapons around you and can tend to win. Jimmy Garoppolo was knocked out of a game and Jacoby Brissett came in, uh, which is the third stringer. And he won a game, right? Which <laughs> is as a third stringer is pretty crazy. Especially since we saw what Matt Flynn did when he came in. Um, for us when he sat behind Aaron Rodgers so um, you know it's one of these things where the, the quarterback market is just so inflated but I just don't I just think they're clowns because they brought in Glennon with his below average stats his 18 career starts where he's only won actually 5 games and you think with a guy like that who let's face it Brock Osweiler had similar kind of numbers and he went to Denver and he's now classed as the biggest bust in free agency history because he never got a chance in the second year to redeem himself effectively he was traded off in this weird money ball style trade to the browns so again it adds to that weird legacy and the same with glennon he's untested and who do you get to sit behind him mark sanchez and his brilliant tom crabtree who's always good for for trolling right he comes out with a tweet did you see his tweet no so the bears released and said oh we've you know we've signed mark sanchez blah 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 so he just says congrats on mark sanchez and adds the bears in it and puts the dumb and dumber thing of like uh lloyd and whoever the other dude is and he's and he just has that meme of him looking at him going oh you totally redeemed yourself and he's sort of thinking just when i thought you were you know the dumbest team uh what did he say uh scene from dumb and dumber uh just when i think you couldn't get any dumber you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself is the quote <laughs> so fair play to Crabtree he likes to stick it to him do you know what Crabtree's a guy I would love to get on the podcast it's a shame he's with us for only a short amount of time well, that yeah. sounds like he's dead he's not dead <laughs> yeah it's a shame he was only in green and gold for a short amount of time because I mean he he's amazingly funny on, on social media mm-hmm. uh, you know we liked him as a player yeah. he was one of my favourite plays I'm sure there was a fake field goal or a yeah. fake punt and, and it ends up being him running the ball you know um what I, I'd like to get him on. I think he'd be fantastic. And of course, he has a close friendship with Aaron Rodgers. Um, maybe let something out of the bag. Who knows? But yeah. So yeah, okay. I, I give you yeah a worthy candidate. But uh, maybe maybe the fans can let us know what they think. Yeah. We release a Twitter poll or something tomorrow, will we? We will. See what <laughs> Let's. But come here. Let's go to fan of the week, and then we'll come back then, and we'll we'll finish her off. So everybody. Meet the fan of the week. Meet the fan. Meet the fan. Oh yes, get out. The glow sticks. Oh, I still like that. I, Rhino, do you like that better than the Who? I'm still starting to grow on me, man. I was going to say, I'm starting to get 
I'm starting to come around to it, but no, I'm never going to turn my back on the Who. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I like, I like the old stuff. Yeah. Well, let's put it out yeah. there uh, for fan of the week. Do you like the Who? What uh, my sort of slightly off-key singing, or do you like the super <laughs> dance house sort of you know scene from White Chicks where that dude gets out the glow sticks? <laughs> Is there a, a third option? My... <laughs> not right now but you know who does like a bit of glow stick and topless action it's phil rudkin he's the fan of the week it's at rudders 52 on twitter phil what's going on buddy good evening gentlemen how are we you didn't really match my uh energy level there phil you kind of come in Sorry. too cool for school you know what i mean i expected Please. some ball grabbing i tell you what with a lot of heavy drinking this weekend i can't get my voice nearly as high as yours steve that's Jesus. sure on a mad one, Phil. What are you celebrating? Was it Mother's Day? Uh, we had a couple of things go on, some family things, and just being the weekend. Fair enough, but um, I think Rhino, we'll have to start by asking Phil because we know who Phil is, uh, but we want Phil to tell the other people who don't know who Phil is who Phil is. So, Phil, where are you from, bro? And where are you living these days? Okay, well, I'm from Leicester. Um, been a big Packers fan since the mid '90s, mm. and. Uh, I guess uh, I'm a familiar to a lot of people who played play Britball for a lot of years. Started playing football in this country mm. uh, back in '93, right. and uh, played up until up until pretty recently. But Phil, you don't look nearly old enough to have been playing back in 1993. Sure, sure, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to tell you I was. Well, I have to say that links in uh, that links in to a story I was going to tell the guys tonight. Myself and Phil actually met on an American football field quite some years ago. Now, was it about ten years ago? Yeah, near enough. Yeah, and yeah, near see, enough. My, myself and Phil didn't know each other at the time, um, but he was playing for Leicester. I was playing my very very first game as a middle linebacker, number fifty six, and. Uh, we got absolutely walloped that day. I was playing for Milton Keynes Pathfinders. We didn't win a game all season. Oh. And uh, Phil's team gave us a pre-season friendly, and they absolutely destroyed us. But we played on the same field that day and probably shook hands at the end of it. And do you remember, Phil, was he the clueless guy who was running around not knowing what he was supposed to do, running on when the offense came on and all that kind of gear? He, he may well have been, Steve. I tell you, it was so long ago that both of us had a hair. <laughs> oh Jesus that's some time ago holy that is lama. true that is true no, all, I, all I can say myself and Phil both played middle linebacker both played the mic so there's a bit of respect and a bit of a brotherhood here um, number 52 and number 56 so and come here lads did you just know you just didn't know at the time you were playing each other when did it click which is that oh we've actually played each other before this week this week, this week. <laughs> no way yeah, <laughs> yeah Ryan just posted an old photo and yeah. uh, looked kind of familiar the surrounds looked familiar and I, I quizzed him as to where it was and he said it was away at Leicester 2009 I thought <laughs> I played that game Leicester the city of the champions but come here Phil that doesn't answer the, this question how the hell did you become a Packers fan how does a guy in Leicester get to support the green and gold is it not obvious no, uh, as I alluded to, I started playing Britball back in 93. Uh, yeah. I was only a wee boy then. Mm. Uh, and at 17 years old, I started playing junior football. Yeah. And then in 95, I was selected for the Great Britain team. Wow. And we went we went over to Wisconsin to go and represent Great Britain. And we played two games over there. So I kind of had, it was my first taste of being in the States. Never been to any part of the States before. Yeah. So, uh 
yeah, we 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 stayed with guys from the other team there. I've got a good friend of mine who I still see regularly now. I've been to his wedding. I've been to see him again in a couple of months. And I went to go and visit him again the next summer. Yeah. So I went out summer of 96 and uh, I couldn't help but be a Packers fan after that. Not, not a bad year. Uh, that's not... Uh, and like, mm, okay. When you played... And who did you play? Did you play a local Wisconsin team and did you just get pasted when you went over? Oh, roundly. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we played, we, we played a team... Um, a team of guys that were made up from various schools around Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we played two different um, two different teams, one from around Milwaukee, one from Pewaukee County. Mm. Nice. Yeah, roundly, roundly beaten up. And the first game we played was on the shores of uh, Lake Michigan on a cold November evening. And uh, no I've never been so cold. I can tell you I've never been so cold in my life. Yeah. Because I tell you, growing up in Ireland, I used to be the same. I used to play soccer and I used to go to some venues. And I don't know if anyone else gets this or whether I need to actually see a, a licensed physician. But I used to get so cold. I used to, you know, where you usually you turn blue. That's fine. And then I used to turn orange. I used to get orange spots all over me. Like sort of like, I don't know, is that normal? Does anyone else have that? No? Nope. nope. <laughs> uh, it was kind of patriotic Irish. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the Irish that's just losing out of my bones. Yeah. Maybe if you've gone colder, still you'd have turned green and you got all three colours in. <laughs> and a pot of gold will have fell out my arse. <laughs> hey, 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 look, look, before we get onto Steve's arse, there's a question I wanted to ask you, Phil. Obviously, from right back when we played originally, you wore number 52. 52 these days is obviously every, most of the newer fans will know it as Clay Matthews. Is there, you wore 52 when you were playing baseball, football, and, and probably a number of other sports. Is there any reason why you picked 52? You know, this is this could be the most vain story I tell you. Yeah. Uh, when I was when I was nineteen, I started playing senior football, and I moved from junior football, where oddly I wore fifty six. I started playing okay. senior football, and on my first day playing for the new team, I had to go into the clubhouse and get a jersey. And always being traditionalist and being a linebacker, I've had to wear a fifty number. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I went into the into the clubhouse and said right okay what jerseys have you got and they listed the numerical order and they said these two are free 52 and 59 okay 59 was the biggest shirt you've ever seen in your life and 52 <laughs> was a nice a nice large but with a cut off midriff <laughs> wow so guess, okay guess what guess what the 19 year old vain new boy middle linebacker picked the uh, picked the pretty boy shirt oh, really? oh yeah very nice very and, nice and the yep. numbers the numbers stayed with me since and you ever whip that out of the closet now you know when it's the missus's birthday or whatever Phil and throw it on and you get know, the six you packet. know what yeah <laughs> only on a special occasion <laughs> <laughs> but look at um, we were really intrigued uh, Phil because you, you know as, we all know you as a sort of a big Packers fan and all that kind of stuff but the one thing that grabbed our attention was is you tweeted in this picture and correct me if I'm wrong it's Reggie in the back of a truck and you're kind of yep. leaning on the truck you kind of look like he's after you know shitting in your handbag or slapping you in oh, the yeah. face or calling your mother this that and the other and he looks like he's he's you know he's, he doesn't look too ticked off and underneath that post that you sent us in, you were like, you know, Reggie was really rude to you. Or I don't know if you, I don't know, did you call him an asshole? Are we allowed to say that? But, um, I called him a dick. Yeah, what, what happened? I called him a dick. He was a dick to me. Re fill, fill us in. So let me get this straight. This was your first visit to Lambo. You were super excited. Sure. You see the legend and you go up to him. Is that how it all went down? Yeah, yeah. So it's the summer of 96. Hmm. I've gone back to visit the families that I've stayed with. 
and my friend's mum has taken me from uh, Cutter Hay, which is close to Milwaukee, uh, up a couple of hours to Green Bay. Yeah. And she's taken me up during the off-season. It was in August time, and it's training camp. And at the time, we didn't have the, the nice bleachers inside the stadium. There were just a few bleachers just outside of the, uh, outside the Hudson Centre. And uh, so we sat and watched a practice, and the 20-year-old boy in me is very excitable and just loving things. Mm. And at the end of the practice, all of the players leave to go to our left. And for those of you who've been particularly in off-season, down Dream Drive, pick up their bikes, head back to the stadium to change. But clock Leroy Butler leaving the field to my right. And I looked over, and with him is Brett Favre and is Reggie White. So I, as the, the, the throng of people just leave to my left to go and grab all the players as they go and get on the bikes, yeah. I decided to head in the opposite direction, and not too many other people did. I worked my way around this, to this uh, little driveway, and parked up with a pickup truck with no driver, a guy in the front seat who I don't think, don't think was a player, I don't recognize him, blacked out windows in the back, so it could well have had Brett Favre, Leroy Butler in the cab or in the back. Yeah. And uh, in the back of that pickup, as you've seen, was Reggie White. <laughs> I'm, stu- I'm stood at a gate 200 yards away from, uh, from this pickup, next to a sign that says, no admittance beyond this point. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, I'm not having this. I've got a picture, I've got a poster of Reggie in my hand, a pen to sign it. And my, my friend's brother said, can you get this photo, so this poster signed for me? So I was like, I'm not waiting here. So I just ran up this area that I shouldn't have been in. Yeah. Got up to him. Said, Reggie, would you be so kind as just to sign this, this photo for me? And he said, you're not supposed to be up here. And I said, look, I've come all the way from England. I was wearing my Great Britain Crusaders jersey. Mm. I said, look, I've come all the way from England, a really long way. I'd really appreciate it to sign it. I've, I've never been more polite in my life. He basically told me to do one. Yeah. I wouldn't have taken any, any time out of his day. Uh, just decided to, to blow me out. So I think he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. I don't even know what to say to that story. That's, 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 uh, mm. It's not one you hear. It's not one you hear a lot, Rhino, is it? It's usually that he was no. this, that. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. I'm the only person that's got to tell that story. It must just be you, Phil. I mean, when I first met you, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you were equally rude to me. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, now, uh, the first time you first time you met me, I was just stepping off a field, having just had two weeks all inclusive holiday in Barbados. It was about three stone heavier than I should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just glad I didn't have to get hit by you because I was on defense. But yeah, wow, what a story. The thing is, what I wanted to know is when you looked over and you saw Leroy Butler, Brett Favre and Reggie White, was it at that point that you got a massive erection? <laughs> oh, it was enormous. <laughs> maybe that's what he was so offended by. Yeah, maybe that's what offended old. him. No, I was 20 years old. It was belly down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, oh, wow. I, this is took a bad turn. But come here, I mean, yeah. from from one superstar story to another, uh, Phil, how did you find out about the UK Packers? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> well, that's a great segue. I oh, know, thanks. There's, there's, there's a guy that I heard of virtually. Uh, he was a friend of a teammate of mine during my last season of, of football. And lo and behold, it turns out I'd played in a pre-season game against him some months earlier. Mm. And... Uh, this guy come down, he was travelling up from Milton Keynes, and he said, you know what, you'd love my friend Ryan, he's a big Packers fan. Yeah. And I said, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 
he says he can get you jerseys, he can get you hoodies. Uh, so I believe that I was a regular customer of yours, Ryan, back in the day. And I still uh, got uh, Batches yes. hoodies and AJ Hawk jerseys and all manner of things. And uh, yeah, yeah just start to, I started to use Twitter. Uh, sorry, I started to use Facebook quite a lot during games. And some of the crowd that were on there kind of were overly negative. And I was looking for a new avenue for for uh, you know conversation during the game. Yeah, and uh, it didn't take a lot of searching through through Packers posts to uh, to come across you guys and a very familiar name, Mr. Peacock. That's mad. So, Ryan, well, you did you have any idea that you were being stalked from afar from by Philly? Yeah, Wilson? I mean, yeah, there was a there was a point where you know I knew a guy knew a guy who could get you a jersey sort of thing. Um, and Phil did buy a few of those jerseys. And of course, if you've had any quality issues since, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just pop it back in the post. <laughs> um, but okay, so so yeah, I didn't know the bit about the, the one of my Milton Keynes teammates. So as far as I know, there was Alex Ottaway played outside yeah. linebacker with me. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, he was exactly. a Philly Eagles fan. And then I think Marshall Williams came up. He was possibly a running back slash receiver. Yeah, uh, maybe a year or so later. I can tell you some stories about him. <laughs> they're, they're, from what I know, the guy—they're probably not for the airways. No, <laughs> there, there are probably some things I shouldn't admit to doing in UK football. Oh, okay. here's the new scandal we've just stumbled across. This. I think, I think, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still in touch with both those guys. So it might be an idea to talk about this afterwards. <laughs> it's alright. I'm so good. I'm so good buddies with Marshall. Mm. Well, there you go. We're, we're going to get Good. sued and slandered here uh, at the end of this podcast. But uh, Phil, it's been great. The the story about Reggie. Do you know what we follow Reggie's daughter, and she follows us. I think Jacolia. I wouldn't mind getting Jacolia on. Obviously, not you and Jacolia together, because I think they're going to be two very different sides of a story. <laughs> then going, Jacolia. Did you know you're pretty your dad, about? Yeah, your dad was a dick to Phil. If you, you want to say to Phil, Jacolia. Um, but Phil. I'll tell you where we'll end it. Um, if you want to tell us what your UK Packers membership number is. There's only one thing it could be. The five and two that's always on my back. I'll tell you what. The, the midriff bearing, the uh, the ball oh, bomber yeah. that is Philly Rodkin. What, what I want to ask our listeners, though, is who wants to see that photo? Somebody must have that photo somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? The cut-off one. Thank yeah, we, thank we want a picture of... We want a current picture of you wearing the old cut-off jersey. Oh, no, definitely don't still have the jersey. <laughs> and more, more to point out, you don't want to see it. You don't even want to see the old one. And oh, I don't we, think cameras have been invented back then. We totally do. Um, well, word has it that there was a photo taken, but then the camera broke, went on fire, and someone did it into the bottom of a lake. But uh, I, I don't know. That was just a story I heard. Might not be true. <laughs> Very hard. Seems entirely reasonable. But, Philly, cheers for coming on, buddy. Number 52. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Well, great story, Ryan. I mean, did you know that Philly uh, was kind of, you know, stalking you from from afar for all this time? I've always, I've always felt his presence. Mm. <laughs> you were like, who's that guy in the midriff bearing top uh, that's following me around the supermarket? To be fair, I, I do not remember the midriff wearing top, no. But uh, <laughs> midriff. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say it. How many? The, how many? God, man, this Newcastle brain's brown is strong. Oh man, I can't well, even pronounce my words right. But I'll tell you what, Rana, let's let's finish out this podcast and just reiterate some really exciting news we have. So we have this UK Packers members only tea and it is selling. It's flying out the uh, door like hotcakes. 
if that's a phrase. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, so uh, people are really enjoying it, but we have to reiterate. So the deal with this is, is again, we're not a commercial business. We are a fan group. So the t-shirts are just badass, right? As well as that, let, let's reiterate. So we released a little mini podcast just explaining the process of it all. This is 100% cotton ring spun. It's light, uh, deliberately chosen light. We could have went for a heavier fabric, but with the you know summer swinging round, because uh, I, I, I picked up the heavier one and I tried it on and... I like a heavier tea personally myself. That's definitely what I prefer. But the heavier tea, even for me, felt I don't know. It, it was heavier, Ryan, but if it, it felt a bit kind of I'm not gonna say waxy, but it was real weird. It felt kind of dense because the tea that we went for is a really tightly woven tea. Uh, feels really nice. It's screen printed and then it's got a Versacam logo and it's gonna have your membership number on the sleeve as well. This is a super custom item. It's only twenty pounds. Now I implore you, if you're listening. If you go out and you're going on a stag with the mates to Shagaluff or one of these places or Vegas with the boys and you want to get, uh, you know, Big Willie Stee or something on the back of a t-shirt and you, you all want to get your name. Kind of like what happened with the in-betweeners. If you want to go out and get those custom tees, come back to us and tell us what price you were quoted per t-shirt and I guarantee you, you will not get it much better than what we've got it. And we're not doing some cheap, tacky uh, t-shirt that you can never wear again and never even show to the girlfriend this is an absolute bad, badger pride stuff now uh, something that we didn't envision and we didn't sort of set up to happen but we actively encourage it because we've we, me and Ryan had a chat about it and we're not going to change it and we want well, to yeah. encourage it there's a glitch on the website so, Ryan yeah so what I love about this is uh, I have to hold my hands up yep. Steve messaged me with a bit of an issue and I have to admit <laughs> I made a mistake yeah. on the website and my punishment for that my punishment for that mistake is that i'm not allowed to change it and it's now my fault but essentially <laughs> is, that what, is that what you took from yeah. that conversation <laughs> yeah that's that's what steve said steve oh, yeah. said it's my fault and every time this happens and every time a sale comes in and this happens you can sit there and think about what you've done yeah. is essentially what he said so <laughs> if you order any more than one top um, essentially it gives you free postage on all additional items yeah. uh, so you can order 10 tops um, which would cost us a fair bit to send to yeah, you yeah we, we don't encourage uh, and it, but, still, uh... it would still only cost you the original postage cost so my ball's up mm. and like I said Steve's way of punishing me is to say to leave it exactly as it is and we're going to say to you go and take full advantage of that club together with your mates do whatever you've got to do get your membership number and then get your t-shirt and then you can make me feel bad. <laughs> yeah, poor Ryan. So what we've seen is that when people order two uh, teas, is that it's sending out for £3.99. That's including the States, uh, which is pretty mental. And it's not going to cost us 3 99 to send it over. It's going to cost more. But we don't care. As long as you're wearing our T-shirt, we're happy. Uh, order the teas, get them sent over. We've made an improvement this time as well. Not only is the T-shirt quality better, we went through the, just such a long, drawn-out process over weeks uh, to get the right material, to get the right print quality and some other details hashed out. So it, you're going to be getting a quality product, a nice light t-shirt. So if you're thinking that you're going to get a big heavy, you know, you're not, it's it's a nice light one. And as well as that, go on and look at the official merch on any store and you're talking 30, 40, 50 pounds uh, for a tee. So we think it's pretty good quality and it has your membership number on it. But Ryan, that's not only the, the exciting thing that we have running for people, isn't it? We mentioned it in the last podcast and we're really starting to get into the details of it now. Uh, and just before I go off the t-shirts, actually, we have to place this order 
probably on the 31st we might extend the sale into the weekend uh, but it all has to be done at the same time and people can't order in bits and pieces this has to be a bulk order so if you haven't ordered yet and you want the tea we strongly advise you to order this week because once we cut this off we would like to run it again but we don't know when we can actually do it because we need to order a certain quantity otherwise it costs us a dump a load of money but I digress Ryan our second uh, brilliant thing that we have for people is what we mentioned on the last podcast the 1919 club yeah and uh really excited about this because essentially Steve gave me the credit card of the group this week <laughs> yeah there isn't actually a credit card but it basically said go out and find some stuff for 1919 club and maybe make yourself a bit more useful so i did that um You're like, like there that, is no that hat card. looks very new uh when did you get that hat bro yeah, and uh, I've got myself some new uh, threads as well. So. <laughs> but hey, look, listen, we told you there's going to be some, uh, essentially some razzes. And for those mm. that didn't listen last week, why not? And um, for those of you that need to know what a razz is, it's basically an online raffle. Yep. Um, there'll be a number of different slots, and essentially you'll enter those. We've got some big prizes, signed jerseys, uh, signed photos. We're looking to try and do some helmets as well. We're trying mm. to get – but let me just read some of the names out to you. And uh, – Steve, I hope you are impressed with the work I've done this week, as I am trying to get Employee of the Month this month. Uh, but basically, so some some of the names here, okay? Boyd Dowler, Donnie Anderson, Dave Robinson, Don Majikowski, Demarius Randall, uh, Fuzzy Thurston, James Jones, Ty Montgomery, Tom Coles. Okay, you ask and we shall deliver. Yep. And Eddie Lacey. And I know he's just left, but this is an absolute beautiful throwback jersey, Eddie Lacey, as well, which is quite rare. Yeah. Uh, don't see many of those signed up about. So we got some great prizes. Uh, like I said, we got a number of jerseys. Um, what we're going to try and look to do, if the interest's there, um, if we get plenty of people on it and interested, is we will try and do um, multiple prizes per draw, if we yeah. can, okay? So it, obviously it will depend on who signs up, um, who gets involved, who buys tickets, but we will try and do multiple prizes and draws. So it's not just everybody going for one prize, but actually there's multiple chance to win. And uh, like I said, you start getting hold of these signed items and it really becomes an addiction quick. Yeah, you should know. Ryan should know. Your room, like the, the whole Packers HQ room there is just a thing of beauty. But um, yeah, it's it's great, you know. And some of these older stuff, because you know what? I'm really after the older stuff. It's very hard to get uh, a modern player's stuff and put them up because you don't know what type of legacy that he's going to leave so some of these i know ron you went after some items of some super bowl winners and it's always very impressive for instance like you know i've got a bobby dylan signed photo uh jerry kramer i really do like that old stuff you know dorsey levin signed stuff i like the old stuff because there's an awful lot more history to it and um, it gets you more invested in the team and look yeah. we we have players that are playing now we've randall ty montgomery and we're going to be getting more players that you know are current players also and i think ryan the first draw isn't it is going to be a pay per slot and then we might look at the subscription route but we don't want to sort of start that yet maybe just um yeah put it out slot wise right there's going to be a bit of a sort of suck it and see with some of it and we'll see how we get on um mm. But yeah, I think we'll start off with slots. If we get loads of people jumping into it, what we'll probably do then is look to do the subscription, like you said, where we know what money's coming into it each month. Yeah. That way that'll allow us to go out and get bigger and better prizes, uh, more prizes, so on and so on. If you like the old stuff, there's a particular favorite in here, uh, a signed photo of not only Donnie Anderson, but also Jim Grabowski. 
and it's a great picture of the two guys so there's some really good stuff in here Um, i'm really excited about this first shipment which is as far as i know on its way across the waves yeah might be in the air but i like i like it old school like the idea of some wooden boat sailing for 17 weeks nice yeah just to get her but um we do do promise the packer fans that the rouse will not be taking place in 17 weeks but more so very soon so probably what will happen is we'll close the sales on the t-shirt and then we'll start getting into the rouse stuff but honestly um if you're a packer fan and yet you don't own any signed merch like what ryan says it is an addiction when you get it and it's fantastic to you know grab yourself a room in the house and make it a man room so i think that's all for this week so uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again next week. So from myself, at Steedy the NFL. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, I've just had a memo from the HR department. Apparently women can have women's caves as well. So just saying. Oh, yeah. And actually, that reminds us, uh, the T-shirt is in ladies' fit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you, HR department. Uh, so, yeah, the, the T-shirt is in ladies' fit. And we have all the sizes on the website. So if you want to go on, and they're European ladies' sizes. So a size 8, I think, in the States is probably like an equivalent of a size 24 Six. or something here. Something ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have breasts. They start at zero. They start at zero in the States, I think, whereas we start at a 6. Yeah, which makes probably American women. Is that right? They probably feel really bad for themselves. Over Myself here. and Steve haven't worn women's clothes for some time, so it's, you know, trying to remember. Yeah, it's been at least four days. <laughs> but from myself, at Steady the NFL on Twitter, from me old buddy, me old pal, Ryan Peacock, follow the group at UK Packers. It's goodbye for this week. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>